the Sicha on Shabbos HaGadol. This Sicha is a little more esoteric than the normal, the regular Sicha, but we'll do our best to explain it and to understand it. The Tambos Der Shabbos for Chaga Pesach Betanur of Shabbos HaGadol. The reason that the Shabbos before Pesach is called Shabbos HaGadol, the Great Shabbos, Zok Al Altareb Shuchanorach, Altareb explains it in Shuchanorach, Vazel Shoinoi, this is what he says. Shabbos Lefnea Pesach Kodimes is Shabbos HaGadol. The Shabbos before Pesach is called Shabbos Gadol, Fishanasa Benez Gadol, because there was a great miracle that happened on that Shabbos. Shepesach Mitzrayim Hoyim Mikchay Mibaoser Lachaydish. The carbon Pesach that they brought in while they were in Mitzrayim was taken, set aside on the 10th of Chaydish Nisan. As the Pasuk says, on the tenth day of this month, they shall take for themselves each person a lamb for the family. And that day was Shabbos, the day that they set aside the carbon Pesach. So when the Yidden took these lambs in order to to set them aside for the carbon Pesach, Shabbos, on that Shabbos, the firstborn of the Egyptians gathered around the Jewish people of Israelim and they asked Shalom, they asked them, why are you setting aside a lamb for? So they said to them, This is a carbon that we're going to bring to Hashem. He's going to kill all the firstborn of Mitzrayim. So the firstborn, when they heard this, that they're all going to die, they went to their parents, to ask them to send them away. Why do you want us to die? Let them go. But the Egyptian, the Pare, didn't allow it. So the Bechiris made a war. They started fighting against the, uh, the rest of the Egyptians who didn't want to send the Eden out. Many of them were killed. And this is what it means when it says in the Pasuk, the one who struck the Egyptians with their firstborn, which one way to read it is they were struck because their firstborn were killed. Another way of reading it is that the Egyptians were struck at the hand of the firstborn. So this nest was uh, established. It was established a day to remember this nest for for all time. Shabbos on that Shabbos v'karu Shabbos and they called it Shabbos Agadol. So in other words, the reason that the Shabbos before Pesach is Shabbos Agadol because a great miracle happened on that Shabbos as it was in Mitzrayim. Dafim so we have to understand about this. Number one, Favos is the Alter Rebbe Madgish and Asab in Ezgodl. Why does the Alter Rebbe say a great miracle happened? Vos fundem is mashma, that it, may, it seems as if, Tafkitzulib Nezgodl, where the Shabbos Agaruf and Shabbos Agaruf, that it's because there was a great miracle, that's why it's called Shabbos Agaruf. Afilu Venezvold dem Shabbos Gishen Stamanes, Nishka Nezgodl, even if a, a regular Nes would have happened. Not a great nest, just an ordinary nest. That would also be enough of a reason that this Shabbos should be recognized as Shabbos HaGadol because a miracle happened on that day. 
in Zichanila Begadlus because this Shabbos has something unique and greater than any ordinary Shabbos, Gabiander Shabbos Sashana, in comparison to the other Shabbosim of the year, because a miracle happened on that Shabbos. Why does it have to be a great miracle that happened on that Shabbos? The question becomes even greater. In was versteht die Größkeit von dem Nes, also so lange rufen werden, nicht Nes Stam, nor Nes Gottel. What is so unique about this miracle that it's not referred to as just a regular Nes? This one is called a great Nes. What's so great about it? It would seem that there doesn't seem to be anything outstanding about this Nes. Hein in dem Nes Gufe, both in the way the miracle happened. For him, it is not given in the Eifen von a Flaw. Maybe the flaw of an under nisim, that this miracle is not an outstanding miracle, something shocking, so wonderful, wondrous. How could this have happened any more than any other miracle that happens? On avadinish, and certainly not in the tetzos v'teyelasanes, certainly not in the results of the miracle, because what was what were the results of this miracle? Because even after the v'chayim, the eldest born killed. Many Egyptians, the Yidin still were not allowed to leave. They still had to remain in Golos. They didn't give in and they didn't allow the Yidin to leave. And in the end, it was only because they actually, Hashem actually did kill the firstborn. Only then did they get out of Mitzrayim. So, what was the purpose? What was the use of this Ness? What were the results? There were no positive results. In order for them to get out of Mitzrayim, Hashem had to actually kill the firstborn. So therefore, what was the great result of the Ness? So neither the Ness itself happened in some wondrous way, and the results were also not any great results. So why should it be called a Ness Godel? What's so Godel about it? Also, in regards to this matter, that the commemoration of this miracle was not set on the day that it happened, the day of the month that it happened, which is typically, as we'll say, which is typically how Yom and Tevim are established by the day of the month. For instance, that happened on Yudalid, Tezvav Nisan. So it's always on Tezvav Nisan, regardless of what day of the week it comes out. And it doesn't always match, most of the time, it doesn't match the day of the week that it happened in Mitzrayim. Nor but in the case of Shabbos Agadol, it was set according to the day of the week, Shabbos. Father Tazbara, that too needs to be explained. The is Dorot Mevay. The Alter Rebbe explains there in Shulchan Aruch the Tam for the reason the reason why it wasn't set on the tenth of the month of Nisan when it happened. As any ordinary yomtiv, any other yomtiv would be of a sta- it would have been set for the day of the month, regardless of which day of the week it happens. Like all the yomtivim were set, like for instance on the 10th uh, the reason why is because on Yud Nisan is the yard site of Miriam she passed away on Yud Nisan so therefore 
they didn't they made that into a fast day when it comes out in during the week so therefore rather than make a yomtiv out of the day of the uh, of the fast day of Miriam's yard site they put it on the Shabbos before instead of putting it on the day of the month they put it on the day of the week but still since everything in Torah is very precise we have to say that in addition to the, the reason which is a negative reason why it couldn't be established on the 10th of Nisan but it doesn't it hasn't yet given a reason why it was established on Shabbos only why it couldn't be established on the 10th of Nisan <coughs> in addition to the negative reason there must be also a positive reason why why it was set on the day of Shabbos rather than the uh, Nisan, 10th of Nisan in other words it was set on Shabbos for every year because there's something about this Nes which is connected to Shabbos, and therefore it should always be commemorated on Shabbos. And this is also understood from them was the Eibushten from the fact that Hashem's mitzvah, that they should take a lamb, they should set aside a lamb, is given. He said that it should be done on the tenth of this month, but is the Demolgiven Shabbos, which happened to be on Shabbos. It was Hashem intended that it should be on Shabbos. Even though that's connected with buying a lamb and business, which is typically tiltul balachayim, carrying an animal, take transporting something from one air, from one rishus to another rishus transporting your animal from uh, wherever it's being sold to your home it has to be examined for to, to see any imperfections any blemishes all of these things are not typically done are usually prohibited on Shabbos yet Hashem commanded it to, be, to, to take place on Shabbos but is now although it's true that that time in, in Mitzrayim before Matan Torah or before even before Mora there was no mitzvah of Shabbos so you might say so big deal well, what's the problem with doing it there was no mitzvah yet so however that's still a problem because in addition to the fact that since we know that the Ovis kept the entire Torah before it was given as well so it's understood that at least some of their descendants also kept the Torah the mitzvahs the Torah which would include also keeping Shabbos even before Mara and Matan Torah so in addition to that so there's another problem it's clearly stated in the Medrashim that even in the middle of their being enslaved in Mitzrayim Moshe was able to convince Parai as Yema Shabbos or by Eden Zayna Yema Nuchah that Shabbos should be a day of rest. So Shabbos that they shouldn't have to work on Shabbos. So clearly they were already keeping Shabbos in some way. 
So therefore, it becomes a problem. Why did Hashem command it after on Shabbos? We bald as nish kuken dik of them. And notwithstanding all of this, that this was happening on Shabbos, Hashem did, decided to set the day for taking the lamb for Korban Pesach, specifically on Shabbos. That in itself is a, an indication that this bringing, preparing the lamb has to be done on Shabbos. It's connected somehow to Shabbos. So we have to understand what's the connection with Shabbos HaGadol to Shabbos, that it's Tafka on Shabbos, uh, that Shabbos HaGadol, that metness was committed on Shabbos, and that the lamb had to be taken Tafka on Shabbos. Gimel. The beer, the Cholanal, the explanation of all of this, that Zayim Fashtandik will become understood, Achar Azbara, after giving an, an explanation in the Mtoichem Be'inyan HaShabbos Bechlau. We have to have a close examination of what is Shabbos. What defines Shabbos? What's unique about Shabbos? The Tzemach Tzedek is Mevair Eifim Pasuk Mizmer Shir Liyem HaShabbos. The Tzemach Tzedek explains in regards to the Pasuk a song for the day of Shabbos. Alpia Medish, he explains it based on what the Medish says, Vazoktaif Dem Pasuk, the Medish says in regards to this Pasuk, Liyoyim HaShabbos, to the day of Shabbos, he explains it, Lamashbis Mazikim in Aelam, he, he uh, destroys, I don't know, he uh, does away with, not destroys, he does away with those who cause harm from the world, Shaloyoziku, that they shouldn't cause any harm. And that's what it's, it says in the Pesach, that the wolf will live with the lamb. In other words, the wolf is usually harmful to the lamb, but since Hashem does away with the harmful things, so therefore now it's not necessary, they no longer are competing with each other, they live together in peace. In other words, that this Shabbos is, generally speaking, the, at least the ultimate of this is when Mashiach comes, of course. Or perhaps that on some level, maybe on a ruchniyuzdiga level, on a spiritual level, it is what defines Shabbos already now. But to see it in the reality of this world, that takes uh, Mashiach to bring that about. As the Pirush and Teichem from Shabbos is the inu from Shvisim and Amazikim. So in other words, that the meaning of Shabbos is that it's at rest from things that cause harm. That can happen in two ways. Number one, that he has to completely remove, destroy all of those harmful things from the world. The that there no longer is those things which cause harm are removed from the from the reality of the world. They're no longer they no longer exist. Another way of, of taking care of it is He does away with the harmful things by causing them not to cause harm. Hashem brings about a situation in which those things which used to cause harm no longer cause harm. Not that you have to completely remove them from the world. The mazikim blaibim, the things which used to cause harm remain, not the shvisa, but the rest that Hashem brings about, tutoif, that they are no longer harmful. The second level of bringing rest to the harmful situation is a much greater thing than the first way that we described. 
as he says in Teres Kainim, Vibaldas durch dem, Tafke durch dem, Oifen, Tutzichov der Inifun is Hapchach Shechel and Ayer, because it's only through the second way that we transform the darkness into light, because the thing which was harmful, let's take the example that he said, that a wolf, a wolf is harmful to lambs, but because, not that he destroys the wolf he takes the wolf which used to be harmful to the lamb and he transforms it into they live alongside each other peacefully so he doesn't have to destroy it he transformed the wolf into a source of life perhaps even protective of the uh, lambs that the things that used to cause harm have now been transformed from harmful to good and although, as I said before, the main manifestation of this, that Shabbos is a day in which the harm, there is no more harmful things, that is primarily will happen when Mashiach comes. But in a similar way, it happened also on the very first Shabbos. Shabbos the Shabbos that happened at the beginning of creation, the seventh day of creation. That on that day, on that Shabbos, it actually was manifest in a physical way, in a very simple way, simply physical way. As our sages tell us, the light which had the light of the six days of creation, or of that day, the light of the day of Shabbos was, went on for 36 hours straight. It started on Friday morning, it went throughout Friday, then it went throughout the night of Shabbos, then it went throughout the day of Shabbos, that's 36 hours. In other words, that there was no darkness on Shabbos. Shabbos on that very first Shabbos, is given, the night was light like the day. The night was light like the day. That the darkness of the of night was transformed into light and day, daylight. So on that Shabbos, the harmful thing, darkness, was transformed into light. So there was already a manifestation of that on that first Shabbos. The Tam Vosiz Do Der Shabbos. The reason that there is this idea of transformation from negative to positive on Shabbos is as mitzadem, because the etzim zman for Shabbos is an inyufun ishapcha. The reason that Shabbos transform, causes this kind of transformation is because Shabbos is defined, the time of Shabbos is also a time of transformation. Time itself is transformed. Where do we see this? In regards to Shabbos, our sages tell us, what at the end of the sixth day of creation, what was the world still missing? Everything was created already. Shem created everything. What was missing? Menucha. The only thing missing was rest, the idea of rest. So Shabbos came along and rest came along with it. That was the final stroke of creation. That's why it says that Vaychal Bayemashvi finished on the seventh day. But if he stopped, he rested on the seventh day. So the Hazal say that since there was something lacking which was rest, Shabbos came was rest uh, arrived, so that completed creation, so that's why it was finished on the seventh day. 
Dafim Fashtein, so we have to understand. Says Yudua the Maim in regards to this to say that Shabbos came and Menucha came. You have to understand. Says Yudua the Maim from Magid. We know what the Magid says. The Mizutra Magid says as man is a nivra punkvi alunivroim. That time itself is a created being, just like any other creation. Time is a creation. When thus meant, and that means nishnor. As far as I that's not to say that time. You could read it this way: time in itself existed. Time existed from time immemorial, so to speak. But there was nothing since there was nothing created. There was no physical space. There was no physical objects. So there's nothing to measure time by. So therefore. It's as if to say, when Hashem created space and things, that's when you could start measuring time. So that's the meaning of time was created along with creation. So the Magid says, no, that's not what it means. And sort of to support this idea that it could, it could have been interpreted that way, we see that because even after the creation of the world, there are still certain things today. For instance, when you say the idea that two and two is four, this concept that two and two is four, which is a creation, Hashem could have created it in some other way, that two and two is eight, could have just as easily made that the, uh, the correct answer to that math problem. So we created this idea that two and two should be four mathematics in general, math, arithmetic, he created that too. But that idea that two and two is four, so these things are not confined to time. This is something which transcends time. It's not measured by time, whether two and two is four or not. It's not even, the reason it's not measured in time is because it doesn't fit into the construct of time. It's something which goes beyond time. So time doesn't affect it in any way. Nor der anivra. So rather, we're going back to what the Maggid said, that when we say that time is created, it doesn't mean that the world was created and now time began to be able to be measured, but rather time itself is created. What's created? just like the objects that Hashem created in the world there is plants and there is animals and there are people and there is rocks and mountains and so on all of these were obviously created at creation in the same way time was created at that time just like those things were created during the six days of creation from nothing so also the very notion of time is that too is a creation which didn't exist before and now it exists as a result of creation time is a creation bottom line is moving and therefore it's understood as is that just like the very first moment of time is something that came about through creation. The same thing has to be said about the time of each of the six days of creation. Every 
part of the, the six days of creation, of Sheshis and Mebereshis, when Hashem was creating the world, every moment of that time had to be created, or actually every day of that time had to be created separately. The time of each day, day one, was something that Hashem created, day one. Day two, Hashem had to create day two, which includes the time that it takes to make up day two. Just like in regards to the creation, the created beings that came about during the six days of creation, is the Every day, something new was created. On day one, he created the light, and so on. Every day, brought about a new set of things which were created. These new creations of, of Tuesday, of the third day, were different than the creations of Monday. The same is true too for the time which makes up day two or day three. Is jeden Tag von sein Every day, Hashem had to create time to make up day two, and that was different because it's different than time that makes up day one. Day two is different. The time of day two, the existence of day two, is different than the existence of day one. The Zman von Yemirishen Yemsheni had to create time which cre- brings about day one time which is going to bring about day two was the far and that's why it's said about them in Zoyer the Zoyer says every day every individual day brings about its accomplishment in other words each day is different and has its own purpose and so on that every day has its own power so in other words when Hashem was creating the world, creating day one did not necessarily mean that there was going to be a day two. There was no day two yet. Therefore, Hashem had to create day two. He had to create the time which makes up day two, and so also with the other days of creation. And now he explains. It shows the difference. Could you say that today had to be created specifically for today, as opposed to yesterday, and time is different today than it was yesterday? Not so. In regards to the days after the first seven days of creation, since they are merely repeating the cycle of seven days that Hashem set into motion on at creation, during the seven days of creation. So in other words, Hashem created the cycle of the seven days, and that's how creation continues it continues in the same cycle of seven days so now when the next cycle of seven days comes along week two the week after creation it's merely repeating that same seven day cycle which Hashem already set into motion during the seven days of creation so in regards to the later days of the world Either you want to say that it's a a repetition of the cycle or that every Sunday is a component of Sunday number one. So there are, you know, 10,000 Sundays to follow. Each one of them is a, a chip off 
Sunday number one. The Yemirishim Vazainya Mebirish is Kel Alazuntigs, in other words, to say that Sunday of the seven days of creation includes within it all the future Sundays that will come along. Yoim Shani Alamantigs. The, mon- the second day of creation includes all the Mondays of the future of the whole create uh, of all time, and as I write and so on. Darfin zeinishabim kainishabos miuchedes. Therefore, later Sundays and Mondays don't need to be brought into time. That time has to be created to make up all future Sundays. Nor chidush ayishonus. All that's happening is that the same thing is being repeated again and again. But when it comes to the seven days of creation itself, every day has to be created for its, the way it needs to be. As the Zayr says, each day has its own function, its own purpose, its own mission. So that time had to be created independently from what happened earlier. So therefore, according to this Father Tzichas Baruch, we need to have explain in Dembos Menzok Shabbos What does it mean when it says the world was missing nothing, only rest? Came Shabbos, came rest. As the Chiddush from Shabbos is the Inu from Menucha, that all that happened on Shabbos was that rest was created. That's a, that is a difficulty because it would seem that the Gedef and Oilam is Izman, the whole Prot of Umakim, that how the world is defined by time with all of its uh, details and space. Those are the two things which make up physical reality. Is Edus Givendus Mam for so before the time of the seventh day was created so the world was missing not only rest but also a component of time which is the time which makes up day 7 was not yet created so you can't say that Shabbos came along and only rest was missing day 7 was missing Hashem hadn't yet created the, what it takes to make the time that it takes to make up day 7 is the fun verstandig so from this we understand as hainohach that the two things rest and day 7 are really one and the same mekenish machalik sein zwischen dem etzem yema schwiesmann you cannot differentiate between what makes up the seventh day the time that makes up the seventh day und dem inamenucha and the concept of rest was is was inem which is in the seventh day the seventh day is means rest so you can't distinguish between day 7 time and rest they're all one thing because the time of Shabbos the time of 7th day is rest that's what it is that's what defines it but you need that needs to be explained the beer in them to explain, it, to explain that Time is made up of past, present, and future. And in this idea, the change, you know, the, the uh, transition from past to present, from present to future, which is what the cycle of time is, that component itself, of time, that's one element of time. There is also 
as he said, Sunday has its own purpose, mission for that time. Monday has a separate mission, but they have a common denominator, which is the transition from past, present, and future, which is what the flow of time is. Although, as we said before, each day has its own uh, unique quality, and something that is, it has that all the other days don't have. So all of the days share this idea of the transition of time, the flow of time. But what is the time that makes up Shabbos has something else, has something new and something unique, which the other days don't have. It is rest, the idea of rest, that there is no flow. Time is at rest. That's what's unique about the time of Shabbos. That although the other six days, they are made up of time which has a flow of time. It's past, present, and future. So there is a transition that is moving. Time is constantly on the move. When Shabbos comes along, the time which makes up Shabbos is rest. There is no transition from past, present, to future. It is all one entity. The whole time of Shabbos is to be seen as one chunk of time. It's a chunk of time without that transition from, you know, it's not moving through time to get from the beginning of Shabbos to the end of Shabbos. Shabbos is all one entity. It's a little difficult to understand what is, you know, where do we see this? We don't see it. Possibly, uh, my own understanding of it is, that this is something which we are not yet privy to. It's something which happens in a, some level of Shabbos, which we don't relate to yet. It, it's not something that is in our reality yet, but that is the meaning of Shabbos. And that's what it means, that when Shabbos came, rest came. As the Zman for Yemashvi, what it's trying to say is that the time that Hashem created for Shabbos, which typically is made up of past, present, and future, is in M. It also has another component to it, which in fact, not only is there a component, but this is really what defines time of Shabbos. It's transformed and elevated to a new reality. To a time which is beyond change. It's not a movement of time. Shabbos it's a time of rest, when time is at rest. And that's why Shabbos and Menucha and the time of Shabbos came at once, came together. So now, since the time of Shabbos itself is something which is transformative, it's a situation which is completely transformed, because it is no longer of the reality of time as we understand it here. It's on a much higher level. It's a time which transcends time. That time itself transcends time. That's why it's his hapcha, because it takes time itself and transcends it to rest. And that's why the, the uh, 
the effect of Shabbos on all things worldly that everything associated with Shabbos is also in a transformative has a transformative nature to it like the idea that darkness is illuminated by, by like day which we said before that Shabbos Bereshis had that element to it and so then Shabbos Bereshis it was fully manifest in the world that it was completely transformative and darkness turned to light today it's not yet manifest but that is the nature of Shabbos that it is by definition transformative is hapcha transforms anything negative into a positive hey to give an example of the idea that over that something could have past, present, and future to it, but at the same time, it is in some way trans, it transcends the changes of time. In Allah, so there is a uh, we can bring the, an example for this from the way in Allah, we could say the following. There are a number of things which are connected to time. And they, they, they exist in a flow of time. But at the same time, they are defined not as a flow of time, but as one, as I said, chunk of time. Like for instance, a child that became an adult in the middle of the Shabbos, or in the middle of Yom Kippur. Today we don't really we don't really relate to this so much because today a child becomes bar mitzvah on the day you know the night that he be, that his birthday occurs. But in halacha, the truth is that a child only becomes a mature adult when he exhibits or she exhibits physical signs of maturity and that could happen in the middle of Shabbos or in the middle of Yom Kippur so if that happens learn the Ragachavar so the Ragachavar says as is that Minatayra he becomes responsible to keep every element of Shabbos even though until 12 o'clock in the afternoon when he wasn't yet an adult he didn't have to keep Shabbos as a child now he becomes to keep every element, everything that, that's associated with Shabbos. The Shabbos, because every moment of Shabbos is is its own individual moment. So even though you, in the earlier moment you didn't have to keep Shabbos, the new moment of Shabbos comes along, which that moment is a separate moment from the earlier moment. You have to keep Shabbos from now and on. But when we talk about the same thing, a child becoming an adult in the middle of Yom Kippur is a potter. He, he's exempt for the rest of Yom Kippur. If he became an adult in the middle of Yom Kippur, he didn't have to fast earlier. He doesn't have to fast the rest of the day either. Because he says Yom Kippur is seen as one entity. It, Yom Kippur spans the entire 24, 5 hours of Yom Kippur. And either you're part of that whole uh, span or you're not part of that whole span by Shabbos each moment is separate from the other therefore you can have missed one moment but you can do the next moment on Yom Kippur 
Either you are part of that whole span of Yom Kippur, or you're not part of that span. If you came to the, to the story, you came to the party in the middle, you missed it, because you're not part of the whole entity. So in regards to Yom Kippur, the way the Raghachava sees it, Yom Kippur is a transition, of course, it, it takes up a 24-hour time span. So you need that time in order to measure Yom Kippur. But even though it's made up of time, it's still seen as one complete entity. Here is an example in Allah that even though time is past, present, and future, but it's seen as one entity, one Nakuda. It's interesting that the Rebbe is defining Shabbos as being one entity, something which transcends where there's Menucha, there is no rest. There, I'm sorry, there is no movement, movement of time on Shabbos. It's at rest. From this, from this um, example, it comes out the opposite. That Shabbos, at least in some way, which I don't understand, is different than Yom Kippur. And it's not to be confused with what the Rebbe said earlier, that time is at a standstill, is menucha on Shabbos. But yet, each moment is seen as a separate entity. I don't know the answer to it. It's, even though there are levels in these matters, for instance, in comparison, we often say that things which are given as a, as a standard sometimes have to be seen in comparison to what? So Shabbos in comparison to the weekday. The weekday is a movement of time. Shabbos is at rest. Shabbos as compar- and compared to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is Shabbos Shabbosin, let's say, it's a uh, the uber Shabbos. It's something which is beyond Shabbos, double Shabbos. So therefore, the times, um, the times uh, situation of Yom Kippur is even more so than Shabbos at a standstill and therefore seen as one entity, one chunk of time. Whereas ordinary Shabbos is made up of separate entities. Of course, the question is not yet answered. Just offering some sort of a maybe, some, maybe we can wrap our minds around it that way. A similar thing we see in regards to according to a number of um, opinions that we know that if uh, somebody becomes in the middle of the count so on day 15 do we say that he should continue that he should count because now he came to it now now is day 15 he can start doing the mitzvah from day 15 or do we see the whole 49 days as one big span of time and that you can't enter it in the middle if you miss the earlier part you no longer have the whole entity and therefore it's not yet you can't make a bracha whatever it is that you're not really the mitzvah is not being fulfilled fully and lichts them another similar example to that when you have a pulanim shechas, a an an event that is an ongoing event, it doesn't happen at one time. It's something that is unfolding. The some bashful time, like for instance, the yidden leaving Mitzrayim. There are This whole leaving Mitzrayim is not something that happened in an instant. It didn't happen on a dime. It unfolded. It took time for it to unfold. There was obishinuyim, and in fact, those times were not just the same time. Only it it takes time to walk out of Mitzrayim. No, there was a definite change from periods which made up Yitzhak Mitzrayim. For instance, 
There was changes in that time span that it took to accomplish Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. There was Kaidim Chatzais. There was what happened before midnight. There was Chatzais the moment of midnight. There was La'acha Chatzais. Then, as we, as Chassidus explains, the, great, the vast differences in the way Hashem revealed Himself to the Yidin before Chatzais, during Chatzais, after Chatzais. Yom Tezvah and then there is the day of the 15th of Nisan, which is actually when the Yidin marched out of Mitzrayim. As the Gemara says, they were redeemed theoretically at night. But Yatsu Bayoim, they only left physically by day. At night, already the Egyptians said, go. But they didn't leave yet. They only left the next day. So there is changes in the way it had to unfold. Then there is Chippazim, the Mitzrayim, the, the fact that the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians, were rushing them out. Then there is Chippazim, the Yisrael, the fact that the Yidden had to do it in a method of rushing. But the, um, the carbon Pesach was eaten in a way as if to show that they are rushing out of Mitzrayim. And, and, along, and together with all this, is the Zelbet Teichem V'tziyas Mitzrayim, Nimshuch Yet, then, what happened was, it was an unfolding saga, and it had changes in the way it was happening, not just that it took time, as we said. But then, when we talk about it in the future, in our day, every generation and every day, as that every Yidin has to see himself and herself as if they went out of Mitzrayim and in a way that if Hashem had not taken us out then I would be Anu we too we would also be enslaved to Parah Mitzrayim so over here it's seen more as today we don't practice Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim the commemoration of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim in components in what do we do before you know before midnight after midnight the middle of the next day it's just seen as one entity Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim is all encapsulated in one in one commemoration we have to see ourselves as if we went out of Mitzrayim and we don't see anymore the the way it unfolded that part is not part of our tradition not a tradition but our practice of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim today our commemoration of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim today which is I think what he's saying all of this was to explain that Shabbos is a day of his hapcha the very time of Shabbos is transformative time is transformed into rest them, according to this, based on this we will now understand that a great miracle happened in them is because by saying that he is bringing out the connection between this miracle and Shabbos why it's always commemorated on Shabbos it was already discussed once at length as the that the, the what was so unique and great about the Ness of Shabbos HaGadol is in them that who were the ones that killed the Egyptians that were enslaving the Yidden? Their own firstborn. Does Bechayr is in The Bechayr, the firstborn, expresses a, the most dominant of that entity. So in other words, the most dominant Egyptians are the ones that were killing the rest of the Egyptians. 
the Taika from Klibus Mitzrayim, in other words, the most dominant, the most powerful of Klibus Mitzrayim, is what was undermining Mitzrayim itself. And all this is happening when the Yidin are still under, in the Golis of Mitzrayim, under the dominion of Parai. Vi er is noch and Pare is still at its full power at the time. Um Pare mit Mitzrayim and Pare together with the, with the Egyptians, Vilm Shumayfin and Sharizlas and Yidin from Mitzrayim, do not want to allow the Jew, the Yidin to leave Mitzrayim. When in Azaz Ma Machem Bechayim Mitzrayim, Monim Bechayim Mitzrayim, and it's during this time, the height of Golus Mitzrayim. In other words, the power of Mitzrayim. So the the most dominant part of Mitzrayim, they demand Amazol Bafrayim Yidden. They say that Yidden have to be allowed allowed out. Unat Kedekach, as also Abacharis Ma Not only do they say it and demand it, but they actually conduct the war to make that happen. And they killed many of them. So and all this is going on at a time when the power of Mitzrayim and Parai is so intense that even after this war in which many of them were killed, they still stick to their guns. And they still are not willing to release the Yidin. Which means they are still standing at their firmest. And, and while all this is happening, this is all just to bring out how powerful Mitzrayim was even while this war was going on. While this is happening, the in, most intense, the most powerful um, of the clip of Mitzrayim was saying, no, we have to let them go. That's the transformation idea. Their own strongest are saying that we need to let them go. And it's not because they're weak. It's because they were still strong, but they still transformed the darkness of Mitzrayim. Their own Bechayim, their own most intense, powerful people said they have to be let go. When das is anes so that is a great miracle we don't find other types of miracles in this way that the problem itself is part of the solution is trying to bring about the solution the miracles when Yidin had to be saved always happened in a way that the enemy was crushed the Klippa was crushed but in this miracle where the Egyptians were killing their own people is was in a way that the enemy itself was transformed and not just the enemy the most powerful part of the enemy it took it transformed the darkness into light the most intense from Klippa was fighting on behalf of the Kedusha of the Yid. And therefore Hashem's command came as that they should take a lamb which is what led to the Mitzrayim finding out about it and therefore going to war with the other Egyptians. He wanted that this should happen on Shabbos. Dafke had to happen on Shabbos. But in the Teichen Inyan of Shabbos, it's B'dugmas Anes because Shabbos itself is in the the same idea as what the Nes is. The Shvisa Bittul from the Mazikim in the Meifinas 
in a way that the most harmful have been transformed the Bechayrim which are the most harmful the, the most intense of the Klippa of Mitzrayim which in other words that they were the intensest of the darkness they are doing something which is transformative and should bring about light that the Yidin should be released and that's what Shabbos is all about so that's why it had to take place on Shabbos Zion, light them is moving. So based on this, we can understand was from the time of if Nomen Shabbos Hagodol klipt the altera bedafke the time it's Adam Nesvul Makim Mitzrayim Efchereim. From all the reasons that are given for why Shabbos Hagodol is, is called Shabbos Hagodol, the altera chooses the one about the Mitzrayim, the the Bechayim killing the Egyptians. Nish bringing the Kanander Tam, he doesn't bring any other reason that is given. Afilin Nishdalz Tam Noisib, not even as as he could have said. This is the reason. And there's also another reason that is given, but he doesn't even do that. For him, is good for standing with the Shabbos, because it's only in this reason, in this reason for it being called Shabbos Agadol, that we fully understand why it's called Shabbos Agadol. The Pirush of Shabbos Agadol is, the meaning of Shabbos Agadol is, as that in the Inyufan Shabbos, that in the matter of Shabbos, which is, removing the harmful those things which are harmful is a godl in that matter of Shabbos it's the greatest of this kind of you know what Shabbos is Shabbos is about removing those who cause harm this Shabbos there was a godl it happened in the most greatest way possible thus haste in the in other words it happened in the higher way of Shvisa of of removing shvisa in this case means removing the harmful things. Nish the shvisa umbitul from klipa, not the type of shvisa, the first one that he said at the beginning, which is um, that you should completely do away with the things which are harmful, nor but rather allow them to stay the way they are. and they in their state of being the firstborn, meaning the most intense of the Egyptians, they become transformed as Nishnar Zainzanishmazik, that not only are they not harmful, nor but they are even helpful to the side of good and holiness. And that's what Shabbos Agadol means. Shabbos, which means to put to rest anything that is harmful, could happen in two ways. Here it happened in the greater way possible, which is that we allow the harmful things to in their intensity to continue, but they became, in a, in a, they tr- transformed into assisting the side of Kedusha. Under inyan in Shabbos is nizgalig of Rambam Shabbos olufnei Yitzias Mitzrayim dorchanes gadol from the Magen Mitzrayim of Chereim, and this inyan of Shabbos that Shvitzim and Amazikim in the higher way was revealed in the Shabbos before Yitzias Mitzrayim through this miracle, the great miracle of the Mitzrayim of Mitzrayim killing them. Nizvi by Andera Makas, and this was, it's different than all the other Makas. Afila Nizvi Makas Becheres is even different than Makas Becheres itself. Pusis given their bitl from Klippe, and all those. It was a cr- crushing Klippe on the Umazah, and anything which is opposed to Kedusha. In accordance with the first explanation of removing those things which are harmful, that you crush them, you get rid of them. That's how all the other Makas happen. 
Now the taker from Klipas Mitzrayim Gufa Hadamu Chama Gehalten Mid the Mitzrayim Lutavis Yisrael. In this case, it was the most powerful of Mitzrayim itself that went to war against the Mitzrayim itself in order to assist the Yidden in getting out. Based on this, we can also explain our pipnimis in Yanam, at least from the inner dimension of things. Another matter that has to be examined at the Rebbe In Omfang Seif, at the beginning of this uh, paragraph, he says, and that day, which they took, which this whole thing happened, was Shabbos, where they took the lambs. Is a mice of the ad shade behave Shabbos Yotzi Yisrael Mitzrayim? How do we know that it was on Shabbos? Because the Yidden went out of Mitzrayim on Thursday. Kamesh Kosovasim and Tov Tzadik Dalad, as he brings from, you know, chapter Tov Tzadik Dalad in Shukhanoruch. The Kivin Shetesva Benisan Hoya behave Shabbos. And since the 15th of Shabbos was on Thursday, sorry, the 15th of Nisan was on Thursday, in Kena Sodom and Nisan Hoya Shabbos, so then the 10th of Nisan had to be on Shabbos. That's how we know it was on Shabbos. Dafav Hashtein. So we have to understand. Dos was behei b'Shabbos Yotzi Yisrael b'Mitzrayim. The fact that the, the that the Yidden went out of Mitzrayim on Thursday is mavuring Gemara. The Gemara explains it in Taisvus as well as Taisvus. Is do the Cheshbon as al pize is Shabbos given as Sodom and Nisan. The, the reason the Gemara explains this is to bring out that it happened that this happened on the tenth of Nisan. But why does the Alter Rebbe have to give this reason, this calculation that it happened on on, uh, on Shabbos? Why does he have to give the whole calculation in Shulchan Aruch? While it's true that the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch is not a normal, you know, dry Shulchan Aruch which gives you the facts and no more, the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch also explains the reasoning behind the halachas but giving the calculation of when it happened how do you know that it was on Shabbos that's not a reason that doesn't explain the background of anything it just goes through the calculation to, to, to tell it to you all it is is a calculation which is something that they, yes, the Gemara and the Taisas do explain it, but why does it belong in Shulchan Aruch? Generally, the Alter Rebbe does not quote the uh, the Gemara or the, or other sources for in the Shulchan Aruch. He doesn't necessarily quote the source at all. In most cases, he doesn't even give where it comes from. So therefore it should have been enough. He would say that day was Shabbos. You want to know uh, how, you know, go look in the, the Gemara. But he doesn't have to explain it in Shulchan Aruch. Why over here does he? Perhaps we could say that this explains what the meaning of Shabbos HaGadol, the reason for Shabbos HaGadol. We'll back then by first explaining the purpose, what was the purpose of Hashem saying that on the 10th day of Nisan you shall take a lamb, which is what led to the Egyptian firstborn fighting against the regular Egyptians. That in itself could be seen in two ways. Number one, 
the taking of the lamb and which led to all the miracles of Shabbos this was not only a preparation for bringing the carbon Pesach on the 14th and therefore also to the redemption from Mitzrayim on the next day the whole idea of taking the lamb and therefore the Mitzrayim fighting with each other was not just the lead into Yitzhiz Mitzrayim necessary for Yitzhiz Mitzrayim to play out but it has its own importance as well not just as a preparation for Yitzhiz Mitzrayim another way of looking at it is the Kavonah Tachas von Kichas Haseh Bechulu is given nor al Tzachonah Vagdom Tzachonah the other way is all it was was a preparation for doing carbon Pesach which is what brought about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim we could say a similar thing also in the spiritual aspect of it all that happened, this miracle that happened, which brought out the power of Shabbos and Ishapcha and the, the Mitzrayim itself, all came as an in- introduction to Hashem revealing Himself to the Yidin, Himself, as it says, we say in the, in the Haggadah, which brought to Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim, Hashem revealing and bring, coming down into Mitzrayim, that's what caused Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim, and all this was an introduction to that, a preparation for that. Other, or we can also say, in them is given that this has its own importance and that independent importance is not Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim it's something else, something more so there are two ways to look at it was it just a, an introduction to Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim it's all part of the unfolding of Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim or is it, has, does it have some independent importance as well and therefore, the Alter Rebbe wants to tell you which way to go on this. So therefore, when he explains the matter of Shabbos HaGadol, the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe says, he states, He links it, the whole thing, to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because, how do we know this? Because on Thursday the Yidin went out of Mitzrayim. And since the 15th of this was on, on Thursday, then the 10th must have been on Shabbos. The mitzvahs are Meisabir. By saying this, he's adding this explanation. That what is, what is important about the 10th of the month, the Tzibah which brings with it that you have to set aside the carbon Pesach, as well as the miracles that happened as a result of it. It's all linked. The calculation of how you know when it happened is all based on Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. In other words, he's saying this is all a part of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It's not to be seen as an independent thing. It's all a lead up to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. He brings that out by making, connecting the fact that the tenth of Nisan. How do we know that it's the tenth that it happened then? Is because it Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim. He links it to Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim. That brings out the point 
that it's all about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. This miracle too was about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and it shouldn't be seen as something independent of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Tess, Alpia now, based on this, that the miracle of Shabbos HaGadol is the idea of transforming darkness into light. It's also explained more even, it brings out even more so from the fact that the Alter Rebbe says that it was, that the Thursday was on Shabbos and so on. Shabbos is the Chesvirus HaMalchus. Shabbos, we know, is Malchus. Shabbos Malchus, Shabbos is called Shabbos the Queen. Them old state Chesvirus HaMalchus in Aliyah, in the Hechera Chesvirus Malchus is elevated into the higher levels of Atzilus, the, 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 the six levels above Malchus. Also Tabina and so on. But since Malchus itself is called the black light, and it's called blue wool, you know, the dark wool, maybe Tchilas, in other words, that which burns, maybe it doesn't mean Tchilas. Um, which means that um, Malchus burns up, it destroys anything which is in opposition to it. That's what the black light, the black fire. So even though Shabbos is the time when there is a rest, when everything, the Hashem removes anything which causes harm. But since, as we said uh, all along, that the main manifestation of this will be only when Mashiach comes. Then as Ved Zayin Shabbos when Shabbos and the, the whole world will go into a state of Shabbos and rest forever. Mashenkin Lefneze is there is Hapchaf and Shabbos not in Klipas Neiga, but uh, up until then it only transforms Klipas Neiga, which is by, by itself also neutral, semi-neutral, and that at this time Shabbos can elevate Klipas Neiga. But to be able to transform Gibel Kudmas Atnei that will take until Mashiach comes. Allah has come and come in the Mzmam when Eden Zayin and Nachgiven in Mitzrayim. How much more so when the Eden was still in Mitzrayim? Fired them Tzivir Shmiras Shabbos before Shabbos was Shabbos. Hatachdos Nishmer Given Begoli. Certainly then there wasn't this Shabbos. This element of Shabbos was not yet manifest. The Rebbe is the Alter Rebbe Mavai. That's why the Alter Rebbe explains that the nest for Shabbos Agadol is forbidden mit Gilui from Geulas Biyetzias Mitzrayim Shalel Achlezer. That's why the Alter Rebbe points out, links it to the, the nest of Shabbos Agadol, which the whole idea of Shvisa and Amazikim doesn't happen yet on Shabbos before Yetzias before Matan Torah and so on. So therefore the Alter Rebbe links it to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim when they already did go out of Mitzrayim. At that time, it was Bina that was manifest. Alma de Cheiru, the world of freedom, that's Bina. And so therefore it's linked to the time of freedom already, which explains or brings out that while Shabbos was not yet the Shabbos as we understand it and therefore maybe where do we get this Yishapcha uh, of that uh, Shabbos there was no Shmira Menemazikim uh, Shvisa Menemazikim 
but since it's linked to Pesach, to after what happened later, therefore it already began, it also had that element to be able to do that as well, to do that Shabbos HaGadol, to express that Shabbos HaGadol miracle. Perhaps we can say, since Bina is the source, that's the root source of Gvuras, that Gvura is Mushrash and Bina is linked to Bina, that's why Bina is able to produce transformation. As we said, since the rule is that Dinim, negative, can only be sweetened, transformed in their source. When it's already manifest over there, you can't sweeten it. You have to go back to the source in order to transform it. That mitzadem, the Shabbos Shvisim and Amazikim, so that's how from Bina you can get to Shvisim and Amazikim, and in a way, in the higher way, as we said before, that Godel is because it's removing anything, the harmful things, not by destroying it, but by transforming it, and that's why it's called Godel. There is Hapche from the Mazikim, that they will assist Kedusha, and it's because of the revelation of Bina, which took place by Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, and that's why the Alter Rebbe links it to Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. Yud. It's the, we know the explanation, the uh, interpretation, the commentary of the Arizal life in Pasuk that these days from the Megillah, it's written in the Megillah that these days will be remembered and practiced as Bashas Dizhira is that when you remember it in the proper way, when you remember it properly, then you can accomplish what it needs to accomplish. When I, even though our situation today is still that we are still slaves to Achashverosh and we still find ourselves in a darkness and a double darkness and doubled again the dogma to matzah from the Eden in Mitzrayim similar to the situation that the Eden were in Mitzrayim at the time of the 10th of Nisan Shabbos HaGadol the time of Shabbos HaGadol Still, every Yid, by their own Aveda um, of what is represented by draw and take for yourself a lamb. As the Mechilta explains that what does this mean? Withdraw from Aveda Zara and attach yourself to mitzvahs. That's the Aveda of Mishchu of today. As a Tzitzich Avek it doesn't have to be literally that a person withdraws from any kind of which is foreign to me it's not what I'm supposed to be doing it's something that is foreign to a Yid it's not what a Yid should be involved in because in the literal sense of a Yid of course has no connection to that at all especially in the generations after the Chachamim already early on in the time of the first Beis Hamikdash, they already destroyed the Yetzirah for Avedazorah at that time the Gemara says the Yidin were were into there was this great uh, thirst for finding the latest in Avedazorah and so on worshipping Avedazorah when the Chachamim saw the harm that it was doing, so they they were they prayed to Hashem and they got rid of 
the Yetzirah. Today there is no more Yetzirah. So certainly today a Yid has no connection to Yetzirah in the literal sense. And he removes himself. So therefore, withdrawing from Yetzirah means withdrawing from things which are foreign to you. Anything which you shouldn't be involved in as a Yid. When a state bedveik is bemitzvus, and instead you attach yourself to mitzvus, ubechlolos mishchu dekafun surmera. In a more general sense, the idea of mishchu withdrawing means the idea of surmera. Stay away from anything that you're not supposed to do. Unkulachem and the positive, proactive mitzvah take for yourself is connected to idapku bemitzvus is the kafim vaseitay. That is the idea of proactively doing mitzvus. So there is stay away from what you shouldn't do, do what you should do. And he will do this Avaida with the energy that it needs. And the dedication to it. And through your influence to make sure that others should do it as well. Another you should do it. Starting from your own family. As the Pasek indicates that each person should take a lamb for their family so we see that the family is the first place where you need to exert your influence by doing this through this you will also be successful in influencing the world around you outside of your area even to the nations of the world to the non-Jewish people until their firstborn of the Goyim, they also demand what is best for the Yidden. And as it happened, just like today's Geula, the future Geula will be similar to the Geula for Mitzrayim. So, just like it happened in Mitzrayim, that while the Yidden were still in Golos, the Bechayim were already fighting on their behalf. So, also in our Golos, there will be, it'll happen. Even before Mashiach comes, while we're still in Golos, in Nez Golu Nas, and uh, even so, then a great miracle happened. On Eden, great to Marena and Eflois, so it'll happen today, and the Eden will prepare themselves for the Kimet Seischa. What's the end of that pasuk? Just like when you went out of Mitzrayim, Arena and Eflois, I will show you those wonders in the future, in our day and age. With our youth and with our elders, with our sons and our daughters, we will all leave. Not even one hoof will remain, even the animals, as it says then. To leave the Golos through the Geula, the true Geula. Speedily, very soon.